Happy New Year. Please stand as we read God's word and turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 15 to 23. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Amen. Thank you. Timothy, I began a series in First Timothy and then did a number of messages during the Christmas season. We'll get back into Timothy now. First Timothy chapter 2, and I'll read with you as we begin verses 1 through 7 of First Timothy chapter 2. The theme of Timothy, we're saying, is living out love in the local church. We're to live love for Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 3 says, But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. That's what the church is. It's the house of God. And the house of God is a house of prayer. And then he says it's the pillar. That is what beautifies the building. It's the pillar of the truth. We're to hold forth the truth so that others will want that truth. And it's the ground of the truth. The foundation of the church is the truth. The church is not the truth. We are the pillar and ground of the truth, which is the Word of God and Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now notice that phrase, all men, to pray for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Please read verse 7 with me. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Let's pray. So Lord, as we're in Your presence, as we begin a new year, we thank You, God, that You brought us through 2022. 
These last few years have been difficult times for, yea, the whole world dealing with this evil virus that still is even amongst us and a number of our members are plagued with it even this day. So, Lord, we pray that You'll watch over us. We pray that You'll protect us. We pray, God, You would use these, this time, what, what, what we go through, what the world and or what our nation, what our city is going through, to bring people to You, Jesus. We do pray for all men to be saved. We pray, God, for our city to come to know You. We pray for people in this Greenwich Village community to be saved. Lord, we pray, God, for all those revelers out there last night seeking to uh, have a good time. We pray for their salvation. We pray for the police officers. One was injured with a machete attack. We pray for him, his salvation. We pray for our police officers, Lord, and throughout the city, our firefighters. We pray for the doctors and nurses who work in hospitals. We pray for our school teachers who teach in the schools, Lord, even like this. We pray for our security guards throughout the city, dear God. We pray for everyone, Lord. We pray for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So now, Lord, use this time and may this be a, a message that could really get us going into the new year, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I do want to speak to you today on this subject. Pray for all men to be saved. This is a priority. As he says in verse 1 of this passage that we just read, he says, first of all, that's a priority. Prayer is a priority. Prayer is not something to do when you just have enough time. Prayer is, is what you do when you're, when you're really pressured with time. First of all, pray. And he's saying, pray for who? What are the la- who, do, who do we pray for in verse 2? What are the last two words? Who do we pray for? All men. We pray for all men. And then when we come down to verse 4, why do we pray for all men? What does he say in verse 4? Who will have what? For all men. All men to be what? Saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. So we pray for all men because it's God's will and desire that all men are saved. So that's where we get our theme from. From these two verses. That we are to pray for all men to be saved. And there's three reasons that we'll look at today as we look into this. So here's the point. We, li- we live in a local setting. We all live here in New York City. We don't live in Madagascar. We don't live in Asia. We live here in New York City. We live locally, but we can pray globally. So we have a global mission. Our mission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to who? To every creature. How come? Because God wants every creature, every person to be saved. And so we pray for all people as well to be saved. So this passage really uncovers the great love and passion of God for the whole world. And even verse 4 is really a, a summary verse of Scripture where it says of our God who will have all men to be saved. This is the passionate love of God for all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. And what does that mean? To come to the knowledge of the truth. It means to come to a full understanding, and a full apprehension, an acknowledging of the truth. That all men would acknowledge the truth of Jesus Christ. That He is Lord. He is Savior and God. And He died on the cross for our sin and was buried and rose again from the dead. So, the idea of coming to the knowledge of the truth in verse 4, 
when he says he will have all men, think of that, to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's speaking of coming to an intimate understanding of who Jesus is. What did Jesus say about the truth? You will know the truth and the truth will do what? Set us free. So this is the truth. Paul spoke about how that God would grant repentance to those who would acknowledge the truth. When somebody repents, they change their mind and they do what? They acknowledge the truth. And they come to that saving knowledge. So that phrase there is a very interesting phrase. Come to a knowledge of the truth. Paul says in one of the, as well as in the pastoral epistles, he says that many are ever learning, but they're never come to the, to the acknowledgement of the truth. So people, that, that's our society, right? People are just ever learning. They're going to school and they're learning and learning and learning. And, and, and knowledge is growing so exceeding fast, but not a knowledge of the truth, sad to say. But it's God's desire that all men come to a knowledge of the truth. And I asked Ian to read Ephesians chapter 1. If you just go over there very quickly, and I'll only refer to it right now. But I did ask Ian to read Ephesians chapter 1. Because this is what we desire all men to acknowledge. The truth of Jesus Christ. And Paul is really laying out in Ephesians chapter 1 salvation. And in verse verse 13 it even says that they heard the word of the truth in verse 13. And they trusted in Jesus Christ. In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. So when people hear the word of the truth, then they will trust Jesus Christ. And they'll be saved. And then Paul says in verse 16, I cease not to give thanks for you and make mention of you in my prayers. Now here it is in verse 17 and 18. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That's the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of Him. And so that's what Paul prayed for the Ephesians. That they would grow in that knowledge. They have, they have come to know Christ as their truth. And now that they would grow in that knowledge. And notice what he wants them to know. That Verse 18, can you read it with me? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, That the God, I'm sorry, verse 18, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe, according to the working of the mighty power of God. That's what we want for all men. We want all men to have their eyes enlightened and to know the hope of His calling, to know the riches of His glory, to know the greatness of His power. All men come to the knowledge of the truth. And that, so that's how Paul prayed. So that's, that's what I'm asking you to pray. That's what I'm going to be praying this year. I'm praying for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of this truth and use the prayers of Paul as well as we work through that. This prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. You say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, pray Paul's prayers. You, you, you'll learn how to pray. So let's look at this. Let's think about this verse for a moment. The verse that we just read. God will have all men to be saved. So the question I have from this verse, though, if He will have all to be saved, it's His will. Who will have all men to be saved? 
and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So if it is God's will for all men to be saved, why aren't, why aren't all men saved? <laughs> why aren't all men saved? And so a, a further question to add to that is, if it's His will for all men to be saved, and God is all-powerful and all-loving, is God not sovereign or powerful enough to save everyone? Or if somebody is not saved, will His will be thwarted? So those are good questions. The answer is, God will never be thwarted by sinful man. And when it says He will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, the will there speaks of His desire, His wish, His, his desire for all men to be saved. We can really read it that way. This, when it says, who will have all men to be saved, he's not speaking of his will in the force of a decree. In other words, when God willed to make the heaven and the earth, he said, let there be light. And that was his will for there to be light. And he decreed light and there was light. But his will here is a moral will. This is his moral will. And God does not force his moral will on anyone. In other words, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, that in everything we give thanks. That's His moral will for us to give thanks. But does God make us give thanks? Be thankful? Have you ever been around somebody who's not thankful? Is it God's will for them to not be thankful? No, it's God's will for them to what? Be thankful. But God doesn't force His moral will on people even though that's His will. It's His will for us to be thankful. So we ought to be thankful and get in line with the will of God. This is His moral desire for us. As well, does God will anybody to kill somebody else? Was it God's will for that man to take a machete to a police officer last night? It was not God's will. But God says, thou shalt not murder. But are there murders in this world? <laughs> it's not God's will for people to murder. But God allows it because He doesn't force His moral will on anyone. We have a will. To obey and to trust. And in all of man's disobedience to his moral will, and men will reject the gospel. Men do reject the gospel. This verse is not saying that all men are going to be saved. We know that all men are not going to be saved. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many go in thereat. That's what Jesus said. Narrow is the road that leads to life. Few are they that find it. But it's God's will that everyone find the moral will of God of salvation, the narrow road of Jesus Christ. God wants everybody to be saved. Don't you? <laughs> Don't you wish everybody saved? Why? Why do, you, why do you have a desire for everybody to be saved if you're saved? Why do you have that desire? Because you want people to experience the joy of a fellowship with God in heaven forever. That's our desire. I mean, how could that not be God's desire? I'm not more loving. We're not more loving than God. God is infinite in love, and our, our love is so feeble in comparison to Him. But man will never thwart God. So let's look at just three reasons this morning. And I answered that. God desires all men to be saved. In His moral will, He does not force all to obey Him. Okay, the three things we want to look at today on 
praying for all men to be saved. I want you to take that to heart. Pray for all men to be saved. We're to pray for all men. That's what the passage says. Paul's charging us. Here's the apostle, inspired word of God. He tells us to pray for who? All men. And and the idea is even kings, even the people you don't want to pray for. (laughs) The people you probably least want to pray for in Paul's day was Nero. I mean, Nero was going to have Paul killed. And Paul says, even kings, pray for them too. So pray for all men. And as we pray for all men, we want them to be saved. Very simple. But it'll take a lifetime of truly grasping it. And the three things, the first thing is this pleases God. Verse 3 in our text. What does it say? Can you read verse 3 with me? Of First, uh, first Timothy 2 verse 3 it says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Oh, last week we talked about how Jesus is God, Emmanuel, and our Savior. His name Jesus So good and acceptable. From that I'm saying, good and acceptable means is pleasing to God. When he says, for this is good and acceptable. What's good and acceptable? I believe we go back to verse 1, that we pray for all men. This is good and acceptable, that we pray for all men. And pray for the salvation of all men. It is good. The good shepherd has a right to tell us what is good. And it is good... And acceptable. We need to do what is good in life. Because our God is good. Do you know why we have a desire to do good? Because we have the Holy Spirit in us now. And Jesus said that good fruit will come out of a good tree. And the idea of that is, if you're saved, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, You will have a desire to do good works. Good works don't save us. Good works are the result of being saved. And so prayer for all men to be saved, I believe, is good fruit out of a redeemed soul. I think of what Jesus said. You know the passage from the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus says, Every good tree bringeth forth what kind of fruit? Good fruit. I'm saying that praying is good fruit. And as we pray, pray for all men to be saved. A corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. We cannot expect unsaved people to bring forth the fruit of prayer. Who's going to pray for the lost to be saved? Who's going to pray for that? Who's going to pray for the unsaved to come to know the truth? Who's going, to pray? Who's going to pray for that? You will, if you're saved. <laughs> we don't expect the unsaved people to pray this. He says a corrupt tree is going to bring forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So I'm speaking to you really as a child of God, as a Christian, to bring forth the good fruit of prayer for those who are lost. And as we pray for those who are lost, I believe that this will fuel a desire to live for God. Prayer is so important in our lives. Let's make 2023 a season and a year of where we learn how to pray. 
That's my challenge to the church. Prayer will fuel your life to live for the glory of God. Prayer will fuel your life to study and know the Bible. Prayer will fuel your life to live in obedience to God and have a desire to live holy before Him. I would love to see this church, as we pray, fill up with people who want to acknowledge the truth of Jesus Christ. And I believe, without a doubt, God can do it. I believe He's going to do it. But whether He does or not, that's, that's, that's God's will, work and will to be done. But I will say this. I would rather have a church that will pray for the salvation of all men. And I would rather have five people to pray with for the salvation of this city and for the salvation of lost souls than a whole church and a mega church of thousands of people who have no heart for prayer and no heart for the holiness of God. Our goal is not to have a mega church filled with worldliness and a desire to please the world. There's plenty of churches that are like that, I had to say. But let's be a church that said, that will do as Jesus said, I do always those things that please Him. Okay, so speaking about prayer, we're talking about prayer for all men to be saved. So here's, I'm going to give you a few specific challenges this morning. The first challenge is this, and we're going to hear from Bulalani. So uh, Adrian, can you come on up here and uh, maybe put, Bulalani is a dear brother. He came for here from South Africa. He works uh, in a mission here, but he's on his vacation and he's in South Africa. And just before you get off this, I want you to note these dates. We're going to have four special prayer meetings this year, this coming year. And those are the dates right there. February 17th, June 16th, September 8th, November 17th. So once a quarter. And these are all Friday nights. From 7 to 9, we're going to have a, t- a time of prayer for revival and salvation. Okay, you can do that. And, uh, and we have our dear brother, Bulalani, who is so gracious of him to, to jump on to our Zoom today. And, and I believe you'll be able to see him there. And I see, I see his children I uh, see Eno and Lebo are there. Hi guys, how you doing? Can you hear? Can, okay, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Okay, and we hear you as well. We hear you. How are you doing in South Africa? We're doing fine, Pastor Matt, and uh, Happy New Year. Okay. Oh, we just lost your. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, we miss you here, but we're so glad we showed everyone the picture as well of your uh, visit with the Childs, with Nathan and Kristen Childs. Yes. So, uh, isn't this amazing that we can communicate so quickly from New York to South Africa? So, we're just so happy. Why don't you just... So, I'm preaching about prayer and how we need to pray for all men and... And, and we pray globally for the salvation of the lost. And I thought, well, you're in South Africa. So if you could bring South Africa to us and maybe uh, if you want to just sh- say a few words about the needs there, but then lead us in prayer for South Africa, Bulani. Uh, I thank you, Pastor Matt, and uh, uh, greetings to the church and the church and Happy New Year to everybody. And uh, we had a great time to visit family and friends. And uh, we had an opportunity to meet with the missionaries, the child in Cape Town, while 
we visited my family and uh, we spoke with them and uh, the great work that they are doing in that uh, part of the world in reaching out people for, for, for Christ and uh, we, 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 they've asked for prayers as they are trying to reach out as many people. Cape Town, it's, it's, a, it's quite a cosmopolitan uh, city, just like New York. And uh, there's a great need, you know, for people to be saved. And uh, the child are working in a community that is uh, very close to, to the city and uh, which uh, has many people, mostly middle class people who are working. And uh, they've asked for prayers as uh, they are trying to reach as many people as they, as they can. And uh, we also had an opportunity to see the missionary, the, the pastor from our home church in, in Pretoria, where we landed on arrival. And uh, he's currently back to the States, you know, to spend Christmas with his children. And uh, he'll be coming back in, in Pretoria. And he's also asked for prayers, you know, uh, for faithfulness. He's been having challenges with the visa, which eventually was sorted, but he's been away from the church for a couple of months. And uh, there's been many challenges as people, you know, the, there's been a lack of faithfulness uh, in his absence for people to attend church. So he's been asking for prayers uh, for, for faithfulness amongst uh, the, the church members, those who are still new and those who are still uh, growing in Christ. So we will we will have a prayer, as Pastor Matt has requested me to do Amen. so. Let's thank let's you. pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we we thank you, Lord, for 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 giving us this opportunity to use technology to connect with uh, with uh, brethren across uh, the sea. We thank you, Lord, for for your Son Jesus Christ, who left the glories of heaven, Lord, and died for our sins. We thank you, Lord, for, for the wonderful gift of salvation we received through his death, Lord. We thank you, Lord, uh, for, for, for the finished work of Christ in Calvary. We, we come before you, Lord, uh, this uh, afternoon as we sit in this part of the world, uh, praying in particular, Lord, for, for the need of salvation, Lord. We pray, Lord, for our families here in South Africa and friends whom we had an opportunity uh, to share the gospel with them, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you may <clears throat> water that seed, Father Lord God, as as as, uh, as they, they they listen to us presenting them with the gospel, Lord, that you may work on them, Lord, for them to come to the saving knowledge of Christ, Lord. We do pray, Lord, for for our country, South Africa, Lord, as there's a great need, Lord, for salvation, Father Lord God. We pray, Lord, for for, for the good work that the uh, missionaries like the Childs and uh, Pastor Gerald Mayors, Father Lord God, and others who are working in this country, Lord, in, in spreading the gospel, Lord. We pray, Lord, as, as, as they spread the word, that uh, your word may not come back in vain, Lord. We pray, Lord, that uh, more people may come to the saving knowledge of Christ, Lord, uh, in these difficult and end times, Lord, as, as we see the day approaching, Lord. We, we do pray, Lord, that your word may reach as many people, Lord, as, as, as it can, Lord, for them to come to Christ, Lord, uh, uh, during these times, Lord. We do pray, Lord, for, for, for the continent, for the entire continent of Africa, Amen. Lord, that your, your, your word can spread, Lord, right through this continent, Lord. Mm. Uh, that, that's also, Lord, legs 
the saving knowledge of Christ, Lord. There's many people uh, still, Lord, living in this pagan world, Lord. We do pray, Lord, that uh, your word, Lord, and uh, we do pray, Lord, that you may also send many laborers, Lord, who are needed, for Lord, as the fields are wide for the Lord God, uh, for, for people to, to hear the gospel, Lord. We pray, Lord, and trusting that all these things, oh Lord, you will you, grant us, Lord, and we also pray, Lord, for the for, for the entire world, Lord, and the, and the city of New York, and the many states in the states, Lord, and many parts of the world, that your word can reach out as many people as, as possible, Lord, for them to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Lord. We do pray, Lord, as we start the year, that you may kindly, Lord, our, our commitment, Lord, and uh, to you, Lord, and uh, help us, Lord, to to remain steadfast to your word, Lord, and revive us, Lord, Amen. Uh, during these times, Lord, to come Amen. closer to you more and more, Father, Lord God. We ask you, Lord, and trusting that you will grant us all these needs, Lord, as, as, as we start this first day of the year, Lord, where with, with, the, with these commitments that we make, Lord, that you may help us, Lord, to, to stay in your word, Father, Lord God and spread your word as widely as possible, Lord. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Bulawani. God bless you. And we will be praying for Cape Town, Pretoria, the continent of Africa, and your family in your travels. Okay, thank you. God bless you. Say hello to Zuki for us all as well. Bye, Eno. Thank Bye, you. Lebo. Okay. Is, is Ellie on our Zoom, by the way? Is Ellie there? Oh, she's not. We, we should connect with Ellie sometime. What, what we want to do in these prayer meetings that we're going to have as well, we're going to try to contact our missionaries in for, for these prayer meetings and have them come on into our prayer meetings and pray with us as well in different parts of the world as we pray for all men to be saved. And to please God is the highest motive that should move, motivate, inspire a Christian. Do you agree with that? To please God is our high motive. And it please God, pleases God for us to pray for the salvation of all men. Paul even said, do I now persuade men or God? Do, if I seek to please men, I cannot be the servant of Christ. It is be, our desire to please God because we are His servants. Now, the second thing we want to see today as we pray for all men to be saved is we do this because provision is made for all men. Provision is made for all men to be saved. So we pray for all men to be saved. And the provision we see in really the heart of this passage from verses 4, 5, and 6. Provision is made for all men to be saved. What is the provision? The provision of one God who has revealed Himself to the world. Look what he says in verse number 5. For there is one God. For there is one God, and this one God will have all men to be saved. We can go back up to verse 4 and say, this one God will have all men to be saved to come to the knowledge of the truth. The one God is the only Creator. How many Creators are there? There's one. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Of course, one God and three persons. There's not one God for the people of India and another God for the people of Africa. And another God for the people of the United States. There's one God. And we want everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth of this one God. The one God over all men made one sun in the sky. People say, how can there be one God for everybody? 
You mean to tell me then that Jewish people are not saved if they don't believe in Jesus? Muslims are not saved? All the, the billions, billion Muslims in the world are not saved if they don't believe in Jesus? The, the Hindus are not saved if they don't believe in Jesus? Yes, that's right. They need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Religious people can have a zeal for God, Romans chapter 10, verse 2, but not according to knowledge. The Jewish people have a zeal for, 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 for God, but it's not according to knowledge, not according to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. By the way, go back to verse 4 for a moment. Of course, there's so much controversy about this, but he says, who will have all men to be saved. You know, I have a commentary I, I read good commentaries, but I don't agree with everything in these commentaries. One of the commentaries I have interprets that he will have all men to be saved. He interprets it, he will have all kinds of men to be saved. In other words, that all doesn't mean all. It just means all sorts of people to be saved. But that's not what God said. If he wanted to say, I will have all kinds of men, in other words... I want some accountants to be saved, but not all the accountants. I want some doctors to be saved, but not all the doctors. I want some New Yorkers to be saved, but not all New Yorkers. If, if, if that's what this text is saying, then it should really mean God will not have all men to be saved. But that's not what it says. He will have us pray for all men. Surely that's not just all kinds of men. It's all men because all men are image bearers of God. All men are here on earth because God has created them and given them life. And God will have all men to be saved. I love what Spurgeon, who was a Calvinist, but Spurgeon has a great sermon on this passage. And he says that some people take grammatical gunpowder to this text and explode it by means of scholarly expounding of it. In other words, they make it say something that it's not saying. They, they just take grammatical gunpowder powder to the text. No, let's believe the text. One God. There is one God who will have all men to be saved. And there is one mediator. One mediator. A mediator is someone who negotiates. A mediator is a go-between. We know what a mediator is, right? Somebody who stands between you and somebody else to negotiate peace and truth, a truce. And the mediator here says there is one mediator between God and man. Who's the mediator? The man, Christ Jesus, verse 5. How many mediators are there? There's one mediator. And there's one mediator between who? Between God and all men. And it's the man, Jesus Christ. Now, look at these verses. Hebrews 8, 6. Say it with me. It says, But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Now, who is that talking about? That's talking about Jesus Christ. You go back to the context. The mediator of a better covenant when he established the new covenant which we're going to remember and when we take the Lord's Supper. But it says, and I put it in bold, He is the mediator. The one, the only mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Here's another one. Hebrews 9.15 For this cause, He is the mediator. Again, talking of Jesus Christ. There's only one mediator. It's Jesus Christ. He is the mediator. It's very emphatic. The mediator. Not a mediator. 
He's the. That's a definite article of one. There's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. So this verse actually does answer an, also an important theological, doctrinal question. And I have to teach. I'm a, I'm to, you know I'm supposed to be a teacher, so let me teach this doctrinal point because it's important. The question is, did Jesus retain his human nature when he ascended back into heaven? One would think, in a way, he came here, he became a man, he took on human flesh and did everything he did, but then once he went back to heaven, why not just assume his, his previous glory he had in eternity before he came to the world? But the Bible says it, and it says it right in our text. He, there's one mediator between God and men, and he says, the man talking in the present, Christ Jesus. So the answer is yes. Jesus retains His human nature today in heaven. Why? To be a mediator for you, a man. And for me, a man. And He is God, so He can mediate between God and men. That's why Jesus Christ is the one and only mediator. He only is fully God and perfect man who can mediate for you before a holy God. And it's only Jesus Christ who died on the cross to establish the covenant of mediation. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins so that we could have a righteous standing before God. Only Jesus died. And that's why He's the only mediator between God and men. But sadly, I'm going to take a few moments, but of course the Roman Catholic system tells us that Mary is a mediator and that saints also can mediate for people in prayer. Now, I know the Roman Catholic Church nuances things and they say that worship is for God only and then a lower, something under that, they call it uh, super, hyperdulia is given to Mary and then dulia, which is uh, adoration, is given to saints. But beloved, we're not to bow down and worship any man or any statue or any idol. We're not to bow down to it and kiss it. We're not to do that. It's idolatry. Now, the Catholic system elevates Mary to extreme views based on tradition without any support of Scripture. For example, they say that she was conceived by an immaculate conception. And notice, this is a common statement about Mary. And I'm going to talk about this was said by in an apparition of Mary, alleged apparition of Mary at Fatima in 1917, where Mary supposedly told these three shepherd children that God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. That's what Mary, in an apparition, told these three children, that God wants to establish devotion to Mary's immaculate heart, which means that she was born without, she was conceived uh, without sin, and then she lived a life without sin. That's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible anywhere. The Roman Catholic system teaches that Mary was bodily assumed into heaven after she died. And she didn't die for her sin. She only died to be like Jesus. And the Catholic Church views her as a co-redeemer. Show me that in the Bible where there is a co-redeemer. It says in Hebrews chapter 1, Jesus Christ by Himself went to the cross and purged us of our sins. 
And the Catholic Church does exactly what Jesus said human tradition will do, is that if you hold the human tradition and put it on a level equal to the Bible, you will end up rejecting and contradicting the truth of God's Word. And that's what they do with Mary. She's a godly, she was a godly woman. She was chosen for an incredible task that no other woman was chosen for. We honor Mary and we believe that she was a very holy and godly woman to be chosen for this task. But she was not a perpetual virgin. She had children. She is not a co-redeemer. She was not bodily assumed into heaven. She's not the queen of heaven. She's not the mother of God. Because God has no mother. She's not at the right hand of Jesus. And she's not a mediator for us. Do not pray to Mary. You know, in a rosary, and of course there's a lot of emphasis for people to pray rosary in the Catholic system. And they, they pray like one... Our Father, which art in heaven prayer, you know, the Lord's Prayer, they pray one of those and they pray, they'll pray, how many Hail Marys? I think like ten. So they're praying more to Mary than to God in the rosary. Now here's what Romanism teaches. And I have a very good book here. And it's called The Gospel According to Rome. And, and the reason I'm, I'm also saying this, we have a member in our church, he was here for 20 years, and he emailed me on October 30th and said, I'm going back to the Catholic Church. Now, many of you might be from Roman Catholic backgrounds. How many of you like, grew up in a culture of the Roman Catholic Church? Can I just see your hand? So there's a number of us. And the reason I'm saying what I'm saying today is, first of all, to encourage you that you didn't do the wrong thing to leave the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> and then I'm challenging all of us, don't go back to Rome. Don't go back to Rome. It is a, it is a, a false teachings of the traditions of men. And it's really a cult to the Virgin Mary in a lot of ways. So here's a very good book that you could read. and It was written by a former Roman Catholic and he, he even footnotes it to a, an important Roman Catholic catechism. So you could check everything he's saying about the Catholic Church. It's footnoted. To, it's, it's done very well. And that's my second practical challenge to you. But I want to just... So he, he and so what I what I'm saying here I got out of uh, much I what I'm saying I got out of this book I want you to know that that's my source. He quotes Pope Leo the Thirteenth and this is what a Pope said: None obtains salvation except through Mary. None receives a gift from the throne of mercy except through Thee. That's Mary. The same Pope Leo XIII said, Every grace granted to men has three steps. God communicates it to Christ. Christ passes it to Mary. And from Mary, it descends to us. So they say that, they'll say, Oh yes, Jesus is the mediator between God and men. But then Mary is the mediator between you and Christ. So if you want to go to Christ, you have to go through Mary. Show me that in the Bible. I am convinced of this beyond all shadow of a doubt that I can go straight to Jesus Christ on my knees confessing my sin and believing in Him and He will receive me. He will not cast me out. I do not go to Jesus Christ through Mary. For them, Mary is the mediator for us to go to Jesus. And so they've erected statues, churches, cathedrals in her name She's called the virgin most powerful, the seat of wisdom, the cause of joy, the lady of perpetual help. She's none, none of those things. Think of that. Who is our joy? Isn't Jesus good enough? Who's our help? Isn't Jesus sufficient? Who's powerful? Only God. 
So I want to just read this. And I got this. I'll tell you my source. You should go to um, Got Questions. And there's an article, Are Apparitions of Mary Such as Lady Fatima, True Messages of God? Very interesting. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to tell you what the apparition... Are you interested? Is this okay? Okay, I'm going to tell you. Here we go. Just kidding. So this is what the girl said that Fatima told her in this apparition. She said to my cousins as well as to myself that God is giving two last remedies to the world. Two remedies for the world. They are the Holy Rosary and devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Devotion to her being sinless in her conception. These are the last two remedies which signify that there will be no others. Now, if that's true, we don't need the Bible. Think of it. I, thought, I believe the remedy is Jesus Christ. I believe the remedy... We're here because we believe the remedy is the Gospel. The blood of Jesus Christ. The power of His resurrection. That, that's, a, that's an outright lie. And then, this is what the angel told, or this is what Fatima told these, these uh, shepherd children. It says that there is no problem, I tell you, no matter how difficult it is, that we cannot resolve by the prayer of the Holy Rosary. In other words, if you have a problem and the ultimate solution to that problem is to pray the rosary, show me that in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. We only pray to God. We don't talk to men. That's witchcraft. That's not Christianity. With the Holy Rosary, we will sanctify ourselves. We will console our Lord and obtain the salvation of many souls through the Rosary. And then, and then, he, and then uh, the, Fatima said to these children that Mary is the sure door, the sure door of entering heaven. What does the Bible say? Who's the door? Isn't that something? Mary's not a door. She's a sinner saved by grace. Do you remember when Pope John Paul, he was a very popular pope. I remember when he spoke at, at Central Park. But he was shot in 1982. And he was shot on the, on the anniversary day of the appearing of Lady Fatima to these shepherd children. That's, it was in Portugal. And as soon as he was shot, he started to pray to Mary. This is what the record is. He prayed to Mary. And then when he, was, when he recovered from that gunshot, he gave all the glory to Mary for saving him. So one year after he was shot, he went to Fatima to give glory to Mary. 200,000 people were there. That's a lot of people. And this is what he prayed. This is the head of that whole system. He said, O Mary, Mother of Christ, let there be revealed once more in the history of the world, this is what he said, your infinite power and merciful love. He said that Mary has infinite power. Is that true or a lie? That is a lie. That's a lie. We're not commanded to pray the rosary to heal the problems of this world. We're commanded to preach the Word. And that's what we're here to do, beloved. So I just wanted to bring that out. That's what the text says. There's one mediator between God and men. 
And I know my time has evaporated here, but I'll just finish up, hopefully, very quickly. Lastly, there's one ransom paid. So there's one God, one mediator, and one ransom. Verse 6, He gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Jesus Christ died for all. What is a ransom? Somebody's been taken captive. A ransom is the price, uh, uh, the designated price paid to deliver the person from that captivity. So ransom speaks of a designated payment to gain the freedom of one who is bound. And Jesus Christ is the ransom. It says for all. For speaks on behalf of and in the place of. He is the one who died in the place of everyone. For all. Praise God. We are bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. And when we believe in Jesus, we're born again of His Spirit. And when we're born of His Spirit, we're bound for heaven through Jesus. And then when we're, when we're bought with that price, and we're born again, and we're bound for heaven, we're burdened for the lost, that they will be saved. The provision is made for all. And the practical challenge I want to share here with you, so I want to encourage you this, this year, Here's my challenge. Pray through the Psalms. Start with Psalm 1, read those six verses, and then turn it into a prayer. And pray for the salvation of all men as you pray through Psalm 1 and then Psalm 2. I'm going to, Lord willing, be doing this with my wife through the year. And there's actually things you can find online to pray through the Psalms if you wanted to do that. Or you could get a very good book called The Valley of Vision to help you in your prayer life. But that's my practical challenge as we pray for all men. And lastly, because of our purpose of ministry, and I'm just going to hit this, you can fill in those blanks. Verse 7, So we pray for all men, because this pleases God, because the provision is made for all men to be saved. We pray for all men because this is our purpose. And then what is our purpose? In ministry is to proclaim the truth to all nations. To proclaim the truth, Paul says, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a ordained, that is appointed to preach. I'm an apostle to speak the truth in Christ. Now listen, is anyone an apostle here? <laughs> no, there are no apostles today. But notice this, Paul says, I am ordained a preacher, an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and why not? Because his apostleship was being questioned and he says a teacher. So there's three things he is. He's a preacher, which is a, a herald to proclaim the truth. That means we don't speak our own word. We speak the word of another. Our king of kings, we speak the word of God. He's a preacher. He's an apostle. He's a teacher. We're not apostles, but can we be preachers of the gospel? Yes. Can we be teachers? Yes. And with what authority do we preach and teach? The Word of God which, and the New Testament, which was given to us by the apostles. So we preach the Word, and when we preach the Word, we have the authority of God upon us to preach the Word. We've been authorized by Jesus Christ. Go into all the world. And we have a book, the Bible. And we need to stand on this book more now than ever before. It's the Word of God. I'll die standing on the Bible. That's how I want to die. Believing and standing on the Word of God. And this is a book given to us, inspired by God, written by prophets and apostles. 
So we proclaim the truth. We teach the truth to all nations. This is our purpose in ministry. And so we pray for all men to be saved because it pleases God. We pray for all men to be saved because provision has been made for all men. And we pray for all men to be saved because this is our very purpose in ministry. To preach the Gospel and teach all men to acknowledge the truth. Have you acknowledged that truth? If not, begin today. Begin this year by acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Let's stand together as we pray. So now, Lord, take this time. We do pray for all men to be saved. We thank You that we were able to pray with Bulalani in South Africa. We thank You for the prayers in Your Word that teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, O Lord. Help us to take the prayers of Paul in the New Testament. Your prayer in John 17, Lord Jesus. The Psalms to learn to pray. O God, we pray for all men to be saved. Because You are the one God over all men. And there is one Mediator who is full of compassion and lowly of heart and full of mercy who will receive all and any and whosoever will come to Him, He will not cast out. Thank You, Lord Jesus, that You are an all-sufficient mediator for us. We would never, the thought of replacing You with anyone else, that we can go to You, Lord Jesus. Why would anyone feel a need to go to anyone else when we can go to You, O Heavenly Father, through Your blessed and most precious Son, Jesus. So we love You and we thank You. Is there anyone here today who say, Pastor Matt, I'm not saved, but today I know I need salvation in Christ. Can I see your hand? Is there anyone? Can I pray for you? Is there anyone? How many of you say, Pastor Matt, I'm going to take this challenge today and I'm going to pray for the salvation of all men. All the people in your office, all the people in your building in which you live, all the people in your community, all the people in the world. I'm going to start praying globally. Can I see your hand? Just put it up and say, that's my desire. Praise God. Help us, Lord. And Lord, save souls in our city and fill up this little room right here, God, with hungering souls who have acknowledged and received the truth of Jesus. Oh God, save souls, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.